I'm excited uh, to share something that's on my heart uh, this morning, and it's really um, something that's probably the favorite, my favorite, definitely one of my top favorite things to talk about. And I want to talk about what it looks like to live a prophetic lifestyle. And everybody say prophetic. See, to, here's, here's the reality. In the kingdom of God, not all of us are called to be prophets, but every single one of us are called to prophesy. Not all of us are called to the office of a prophet where we have the title prophet, where we're prophesying over heads of nations, where we're shifting uh, major decisions on a huge level of influence. But, I, but some of us are. Um, but the reality is, and this is what I want to talk about, every single one of us are called to live a prophetic lifestyle. And when I say live a prophetic lifestyle, this is what I mean. To prophesy is simply to communicate God's word or God's heart to a person or a group of people. It's as simple as that. It's to speak the word of the Lord from the heart of the Lord to a person or to a group of people. And I really believe that in the hour that we're living in, we need the prophetic in the church like never before. We really need, we need to be activated in this thing called prophecy, this thing called the prophetic, this, this thing called speaking the word of the Lord. And um, I want to read, if, if you don't mind, from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 is where I want to start. So if you have your Bibles, jump in to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You guys doing okay? <laughs> first, first Corinthians chapter 14 and starting in verse 1, the Apostle Paul is talking about spiritual gifts. And just to lay a bit, little bit of a context, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul basically explains that although we all have the same Holy Spirit, there's a whole variety of spiritual gifts that can manifest through the believer at any given time. He said, and he, and, he, and he shares some of them. He's like, some of you have the gift of healing. Some have the gift of miracles. Some have the gift of speaking in tongues. Some have the gift of interpreting tongues. Some have, you know, the gift of uh, discerning of spirits. And he goes on. Uh, we all the same Holy Spirit, but there's a whole bunch of gifts that can operate through the Holy Spirit. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it's the love chapter. He spends an entire chapter talking about the whole idea of, of love and how love is the most important thing anyone, anyone can have. And in fact, in the context of spiritual gifts, it's really important that we understand that the most important thing that can happen as we exercise spiritual gifts, is the person that we're ministering to feels loved. That they feel loved by God, and they feel loved by you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, you know, Paul says, basically, hey, I don't care if you're so prophetic that you can tell somebody, you know, their first name, middle name, last name, what their dog had for breakfast, what their mom's birthday is. If you don't have love for that person, it actually doesn't even amount to anything. And as we see more and more people trained and equipped in the prophetic and, and in healing and different gifts of the Spirit, we really like to encourage people as leaders, 
hey, it's not about just getting another testimony or getting a notch on your belt. It's about putting the love of God on display so that that person is convinced that they have a good father who really, really loves them. That's what it's all about. So if you fast forward to chapter 14, where we're going to pick up in verse one, Paul says this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Everybody say desire. And then he said, but especially that you might prophesy. Verse 2, for he who speaks in a tongue, in other words, a heavenly language, does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Verse 3, but he who prophesies, say prophesy, speaks edification and exhortation and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies or builds up himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. The first thing that I want to point out is this. Paul instructs the church, desire, in other words, want really bad spiritual gifts. And I'd like to propose to you that as the body of Christ, we cannot fully fulfill our mandate upon planet Earth to see cities transformed, to make disciples of all nations without being activated and equipped in these things called spiritual gifts. So he says, desire spiritual gifts. I said it last night. There's a generation crying out for spiritual reality. There's a, there's a generation crying out to connect with something that is spiritual because whether people realize it or not, we are spirit beings with an innate desire to connect to something spiritual, to live an experiential uh, lifestyle with the supernatural. And that's why, you know, people that don't know Jesus and a particularly a younger generation is starving for spiritual reality. So they dabble in things like witchcraft and, and, and Ouija boards and, and, and uh, you know, psychics and that, that whole, that whole uh, you know, counterfeit spiritual activity is appealing to a generation because they have a vacuum, a spiritual void, if you will, that we know is the, the only thing that can fill that is a person named Jesus Christ. So, but, so we owe the world an encounter with God, right? So he says, desire spiritual gifts. And then he said, especially that you might prophesy. Why? Because when you prophesy, you encourage, strengthen, and build up the people that you're talking to. Let me just say this. There are few things more powerful than an encouraged church. The devil is terrified of the people of God just being encouraged. Because when we're encouraged, it means that we're filled with courage. It means we're strengthened. You know, it means, it means that we, we actually believe we can change the world. So encouragement is really, really, really powerful. I think when the church is encouraged, it makes the devil break out in a rash. Because it just, he's terrified of us just being encouraged. And I can just tell you personally, there are times where, where people have prophesied over me or just encouraged me straight from the heart of God where I could literally feel my spirit just being strengthened, be expanded, where I walked out of the room literally feeling like all, just brand new vision for my life, brand new vision for my family, for my ministry, feeling like I can change the world through one simple word of encouragement that someone released over my life. It's really, really powerful. And, and I really believe that God is calling the church at open heavens. He's calling the church in this region 
to be activated in this thing called living a prophetic lifestyle. And this conference is Holy Spirit weekend or sorry, uh, Holy Spirit fire. But one of the ways that we get set on fire and spread the fire of the Holy Spirit everywhere we go is through being activated in this thing called the prophetic. And the prophetic isn't meant to just be a ministry skill. It's meant to be a life skill. Our church has been partnering with uh, a church in um, Vacaville, California called The Mission. And we've had teams from there come and we're getting ready to have another one. And we have a a team. We have prophetic teams at our own church. Uh, We just officially, we've been training since September and lots before that too. But we've been equipping and training prophetic teams uh, to minister to people, not just travel and minister to people, but to have people come and receive prophetic ministry from our teams. And we we did our official launch actually uh, just Thursday night night where we open it up to our whole church to come receive personal prophetic ministry through our prophetic teams as they form these prophetic booths all over the room. And it was a lot of fun, but we've heard testimonies and reports of prophetic teams in Vacaville that have started to partner with the local police to find missing children in their community. And they're at a point now where the local police are going to their prophetic teams and saying, we need your help. We need some more. We need you to do that thing that you do. Because prophetically, they have released clues to the police where they've taken those clues and ran with them and have had results and have found missing children. What would happen if the church got a reputation of just being people that hear God's voice? Not just to minister well, but to transform cities. To see crime rates drop. To see people encouraged everywhere we go. And I really believe that even this morning, God wants to release a fresh impartation and activation for us to move in this thing called prophecy where every single one of us can be confident that we have a good father that wants to speak to his children for the encouragement and edification of every, everyone that we meet. So that's what I want to talk about. But he says, desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. See, I've heard a lot of teaching, you know, from well-meaning people that have said, you know, we're not supposed to seek the gifts. Just seek the giver, not his gifts. Has anyone ever heard that? It sounds really spiritual. It's just not biblical. (laughs) Because Paul said, desire spiritual gifts. Some translations say to, to covet after. You know, when I first got saved, I was so hungry for the Holy Spirit that I would watch my pastor move in the anointing. I would watch people prophesy. And you know what I did? I coveted those gifts. Not that I was jealous and not that I didn't want them to have them, but I saw the anointing on their life. And I said, God, whatever is on his life or whatever is on her life, I want that to operate in my life. I'm telling you, when you see the anointing on people, you can put a demand on the anointing and say, God, whatever it is that they have, I want that activated in my life. So he says, desire spiritual gifts, but especially you might prophesy because it encourages. And here's the deal. I'm going to make this really, really simple and foundational this morning. Is that okay? If you want to become more prophetic, just make it a goal to be the most encouraging person on planet Earth. Just encourage people everywhere you go. Pastor Ray is such an encouraging man. He's also an extremely prophetic man. In fact, he's already prophesied over me. Like I came here to minister, and he's like pouring out on me. And even, even just sitting in the car, he's, he's just you know, calling out gifts that are on my life and telling me things that he thinks that I'm going to do in the future. And he's, he's encouraging me, but his encouragement has prophetic anointing on it. And, and, and I love what Dan McCollum says. 
He says, encouragement is the mother tongue of the Holy Spirit. His first language, encouragement. And if you want to get good at prophesying, just start encouraging people everywhere you go. And what happens is it's almost like the Holy Spirit is attracted to encouragement. You know? And, you know, it's kind of like this family right here. What's your name, sir? Yeah. What is it? Martif or Markeef and, and Chantel or Chante. Awesome. And you have kids here? So they walked in and God highlighted them to me and I could encourage them just by saying, yeah, I just saw them interacting with their kids and I could just kind of sense that they're just, uh, uh, just a really loving family. And I can encourage them just by saying, you guys are amazing. God's hands all over you. Right? But as I say, God, you guys are amazing. God's all over you. It's like the Holy Spirit is drawn to encouragement. He's like, is that encouragement I hear over there? I can get behind that. And then it'll just start to reveal more. And, and, and I feel like God's saying over you uh, that you have an anointing to do family well. In fact, there's other families that have been watching you guys and are like, there's something about that family. I want to be more like them. That's happening. People are watching you and more, more than you realize. And not only that, I see a gift of hospitality on you guys where it's like people are drawn to you and people even like to be at your house. They just like to be around your family because there's actually an anointing and a grace on you guys to entertain people. And here's the deal. When people walk into your house, they feel the presence of God. When people walk into your house, it's like they're caught up into an atmosphere just because you have cultivated an atmosphere. And, and you guys are actually going to train other couples and other young couples and even married couples before they have kids what it looks like to create healthy family. In fact, the Lord has redeemed some things in your life, sir, um, where you're like, you know what? I'm going to do things a little bit differently. And the Lord wants you guys to know that you are leaving a legacy for your children's children. There's a brand new generational blessing that starts with you guys that's going to be passed to your children's children. And you guys are leaving a generational blessing for the generations to come. And it's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger um, where you're going to look at your grandkids and be like, wow, they have come so far. So I just bless you guys with that in the name of Jesus. But see, it's like we can just encourage, and the Holy Spirit's like, ooh, I like that. I can get be, I'm going to talk to him some more about them. So if you'll just start to encourage people everywhere you go, what's going to happen is before you know it, you're going to be prophesying over people, and you might not even realize it. Does that make sense? I remember when I, when I first got saved, in the early 90s, my church was experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I was watching people prophesy, and I was watching people move in the gifts. And I remember going to my pastor, and I said, Pastor Steve, I'm watching people prophesy, and, and I want to do that too. But how do I know that it's actually me, you know, or that it's actually you speaking, and it's not just something that I'm making up? And he said something really profound. He said, well, the words that you're getting or that you think you're getting, are they encouraging? And I was like, yeah, they're good words, you know. And he's like, well, if you're wrong, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to be encouraged. <laughs> and I go, oh, good point. See, sometimes we put this unnecessary pressure that I need to be profound. I need to be 100% accurate. Uh, you know, I need to be so detailed and specific. I can't get anything wrong or else I'll be a false prophet. No, a false prophet doesn't, isn't somebody that's wrong. A, a false prophet is somebody that has impure motives. But when you have pure motives, you can make mistakes and still be prophetic. 
in the Old Testament, prophets got stoned if they, if they prophesied something that was inaccurate. How many of you are glad that we're in a new covenant? And Paul said we all know in part and we all prophesy in part. So I love, I love that in a kingdom family, we're in an environment where we're free to step out and take risks and make mistakes. And that's why we don't even have to feel a pressure to say, this is what God is saying, or thus says God. I, in fact, I encourage you not to do that. I just encourage you to say, you know what? I feel like God might be saying, and submit it to that person. And then you're walk, that way you're walking in humility. You're submitting it to them, and you're allowing them to take it to the Lord and pray about whether it's something that God's actually saying. Does that make sense? But just keep it encouraging. As you're starting out prophesying, avoid giving directional words, correctional words. Avoid giving mates, dates, and babies. <laughs> it's just a good rule. Just as we're learning to prophesy, just, you know, start to... Just start on an encouragement level, calling out people's strengths, calling out their gifts. We like to call it calling the gold out of people. How many of you know we all are working through stuff? We all have a little bit of dirt still. But it takes the prophetic to look past the dirt and call out the gold. And when we look past the dirt and call out the gold, we actually call people to step into their destiny. But so it's just, it's encouragement. And encouragement is the mother tongue of the Holy Spirit. So if you're taking notes, if you want to write down a few keys, number one is this, prophecy is encouraging. Number two is we need to understand that as sons and daughters of God, our words have supernatural power attached to them. Our words are more powerful than we think. Right? It says in Proverbs 18.21, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Everybody say life. See, we've heard a lot of teaching on this, and sometimes we're like, we, we focused on the negative. And we're like, okay, death and life are in the power of the tongue. I need to make sure that I'm, I'm not negative, that I'm not cutting people down, that I'm not speaking word curses. That's all true. But what about us being a people that don't just go on the defense, but start to go on the offense against the powers of darkness by declaring life and prophesying destiny everywhere we go? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And let me just say this. As sons and daughters of God, our words have creative power attached to them. Chris Vallotton at Bethel Church likes to put it this way. Our words create worlds. You know how God spoke the word into existence, like it says in Genesis? God said, let there be light. There was light. God's words created. Well, because you and I are made in God's image, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, our words have creative power. And our words create worlds. When you speak a word of encouragement over somebody, when you prophesy over somebody, what you're doing is you're actually opening up a new world around them for them to step into. It's that powerful. Our creative power. I love the scripture in Ephesians 4, verse 29. Paul said this. Do not let any corrupt word come out of your mouths but only what is useful for necessary edification 
there's that word that means to build up, to strengthen, edify. Now listen to this. That it may impart grace to the hearer. Say grace. That word grace is the same word used in the book of Acts where it says great grace came upon the apostles to do signs, wonders, and miracles. Listen, this grace is a supernatural enabling power to do something that you couldn't do in your own strength. It's the supernatural ability to do something that you couldn't do on your own. In other words, when you prophesy over someone, you're releasing a grace into that person's life to do something that they couldn't do two seconds before you spoke to them. How cool is that? How amazing is it that as sons and daughters of God, he has entrusted us with the Holy Spirit to the extent that we can prophesy over people and unlock gifts and unlock destinies in their lives through the spoken word. Our words create worlds. A while ago, I was, uh, I was in Norman, Oklahoma with, uh, with one of my mentors, and we were teaching in a school of ministry. And in the school of ministry, I don't know, there's probably 50, 70 people in the school of ministry. And after my mentor taught, he invited uh, a team to come up, and I was a student at Bethel at the time, to come up and give personal prophetic words over the people that were in the school. And we came up and we're calling people out, kind of like I just did with this amazing family and just speaking words over them. And I remember a gentleman on the team had a word for a young man on this side of the room, and he's like, young man in the green sweater, can you stand? He stood. And, and he began to prophesy over this young man, and he said, I, I see you uh, playing guitar, singing, and leading worship in front of crowds of people and, and ushering people into the presence of God through worship. And he prophesied this over him, and he said, I release that over your life in Jesus' name. Now, what you need to understand is, is this young man didn't sing. He didn't play guitar. He didn't think he had a musical bone in his body. Like, it was really easy for him to be like, uh, I think that was for the guy be- behind me. You know what I mean? It's like, I, that, I don't think that was me. But the pastor her, who, who has the school of ministry heard the word, and he's like, I really believe that was God. And he went out, and he bought the young man a guitar. And he said, you better start practicing. Wow. See, when you prophesy over somebody, you're releasing a grace into their life to do what you spoke. But it's up to that person to take a step of faith into the grace that was released. If somebody prophesies over you that you're going to fill stadiums preaching the gospel all over the world, how many of you know you better start memorizing a few Bible verses? <laughs> when, when I got saved, I started getting words that I was going to prophesy in, or that I was going to preach and prophesy and minister in front of thousands of people. I didn't wait for an invitation. Do you know what I did when I was like 16, 18, 19 years old? I moved my dresser into the middle of my bedroom. I began to write sermons and I began to preach in my bedroom. If somebody prophesies over you that you're going to have a healing ministry, like you can't just stay home and play video games and wait for Benny Hinn to call you. You, you know, we, you, need, you actually need to start praying for some sick people. 
you know, and, and, and oftentimes we have this like fate mentality that if somebody prophesies something over me, it's going to happen and I'm just going to wait for it to happen. When I really believe the majority of prophetic words that we get are grace, grace words that are released into our life, but we need to partner with the words and take steps of faith into them to see them activated. Does this make sense? So the pastor goes out, buys the young man a guitar. He's like, you better start practicing that thing. He starts practicing. We went back to that church almost a year to the, to the month. Uh, and we were in the school of ministry. And then we were in their church on a Sunday morning. I, I don't remember how many hundreds of people were gathered there. And guess who was leading worship that morning? This same young man, gifted, anointed by God, ushering us into the presence of God walking in the very destiny that was prophesied over his life. Isn't that amazing? I like what Bill Johnson says. He says, nothing happens in the kingdom unless there's first a declaration. And when we declare, angels start to move at God's word. It says in Psalms that angels are messengers that fulfill his word. I believe there's angels assigned to our lives, and sometimes they just get bored (laughs) because we're not giving them anything to do. But if we would just start declaring, start prophesying, start releasing words, we'll actually give the angels something to do to fulfill the word that we spoke. Right? So our words have supernatural power. There, there, was a, there was a couple uh, back home when I lived in Canada who were trying to have a baby, and they were having trouble uh, getting pregnant. And I was leading a Bible study in kind of the inner city of our city. And after study, um, my friend, uh, I won't say his name. I'll just pretend his name's John. John came up to me and said, Chuck, will you, will you pray for my wife and I? He said, we've been married for 10 years. We've been trying to have kids, and we haven't been able to have kids. Will you pray for me? I said, absolutely. Prayed for him. Prayed that God would just open his wife's womb and uh, that the Lord would release a miracle they would get, that they would get pregnant. Well, it was, that was January of that year. The following December, I ran into him in the mall, and uh, I, I, he, said, he said, Chuck, did you hear the news? I said, no. He, he said, I'll just call her Jane. He said, Jane's pregnant. I'm like, that's amazing. Congratulations. He goes, do you remember what you said? I said, no. He said, you declared that with, with a year, she would be pregnant. And I said, are you sure I said that? <laughs> and, he, and I said, are you sure I didn't just pray? I pray, Lord, that within a year. He goes, no, you, you said within a year she's going to be pregnant. Now, I don't necessarily recommend that unless you're seasoned and, and feel the Lord on it or maybe you submit it to a leader. Um, but it came out of my mouth. And sometimes we'll just say things, and we'll be like, I can't believe I just said that. But I declared it, and it happened. Now, I don't know if I heard that, okay, God said in a year they're going to be pregnant, or if I just declared it, and God said, I can get behind that. They both work for me. (laughs) All I know is that our words are powerful. My friend Reward, who told you guys about tonight, before he moved to Texas, he was... He was at my city in San Antonio. We were having breakfast and at, a, at a Mexican place, and we're having breakfast tacos. Thank you, Jesus. Could just have an encounter right now. Just think about breakfast tacos. The reason I felt called to Texas. No, but it's a benefit. And, and we're having breakfast, and we go out into the parking lot, and we're just chatting. And, and I'm, like, I'm like, hey, is this your car? He goes, yeah, dude. He's like, but it's breaking down, and it's like, 
you know, it's, I need a new car. Like it's not working well. And, and I go, I go, I go, I just declare somebody's going to give you a car. I was half kidding, but I believe God wants to do it. I go, I just declare God, somebody's going to give you a car. He's like, I receive it, bro. With in, in less than a week, I think it was just a few days. No, it was that night. I could show you the text from reward because that weekend I was speaking at a church in West Texas and that Sunday morning I got a text from reward and this is what he said. He said, bro, are you from the future? (laughs) He said, you declared that somebody was going to give me a car. And he said that night, somebody I haven't talked to in three months texted or called, they called to say, you've been on my mind lately heard you need a new car. My wife and I just got a new one and we want to, we want to give you our SUV. True story. There's power in the declaration. And when we declare things, when we prophesy, we give God something to work with. And even the angels of God, something to do to fulfill his word. Now go with me, if you would, to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, starting in verse 1. Uh, the prophet Ezekiel goes into this prophetic encounter, whether he's actually translated somewhere or he's in a vision. Uh, I don't know exactly how this happened, but he had this prophetic encounter, and it says this. Ezekiel 37, verse 1. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Verse 3, and he, God, said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And then Ezekiel gives like the safest answer you can give when God asks you a question. So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. (laughs) Verse 4, again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. Everybody say shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Verse seven. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Now, I really believe that God is raising up an army of prophetic voices in Garland, in DFW, in Texas, in this whole region. But notice that Ezekiel didn't say, dry bones, I've been praying for you. I've been fasting. I've been just pressing in and I have a word for you. Thus says God, you are really dry. (laughs) Right? 
See, sometimes we think we're being prophetic just by diagnosing somebody's issue. And I know there's a, there's, a, there's a time and place for bringing correction and pointing out error and stuff like that. But let me just say this. I really believe the highest realm of the prophetic isn't just stating the obvious or diagnosing somebody's issue. The highest realm of the prophetic is calling people who they are before they are. He didn't say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. You're just really dry. They're like, thanks. We could have told ourselves that. But he said, no, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus come the, here comes the four winds. I prophesy to the breath. Breathe on these slain that they may live. And he begins to prophesy life. And it says, as I prophesied, the bones came together. And they came to an exceedingly great army. I really believe, see, God isn't just looking for people that can say how dry the bones are. He's looking for a people that will actually believe that the bones will live when they prophesy. He's looking for a people that will actually believe revival and transformation will break into Garland, will break out all over Dallas when I prophesy revival over Dallas. You know, there's cities that are sometimes, you know, harder places to minister. Maybe it's harder to grow churches. It's not helpful to come into regions and be like, this is hard ground for the gospel. No, what about just going into that region and start to prophesy life, prophesy transformation. People are going to get born again here. Man, there's revival in the atmosphere here. And seed the atmosphere with prophetic words that will give God's angels something to work with. And God is calling us to have enough faith that to believe the bones that are going to live. Like, don't just be like, oh, my family's going through a hard time and things aren't really changing. That might be true, but God is calling you to call those things that aren't as though they are. Right? It says in uh, Romans 4, 7, about the faith of Abram, it says, Abraham believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. You're like, well, no, that's denial. No, it's Bible. It's not my fault. <laughs> it's, it's in the scripture. And if we want to be a prophetic people, we need to be a people that will look past current circumstances and call, call people and circumstances what they are before they are. That's called seeing one another after the spirit. And God does this all through scripture. Remember Genesis uh, 17? When Abram couldn't have kids, or his wife couldn't have kids, and Abram was old, the angel of the Lord shows up and is like, Abram, I no longer call you Abram, I now call you Abraham, which means father of a multitude. Abram could have been like, are you kidding me? I, I'm old, God. My wife's barren. And God like, has this like, thing where he loves to just look past circumstances and, and speak things that are not as though they are. And as he speaks those things that are not as though they are, they become. And you and I get to do the same thing. God does it all through Scripture. Remember Judges 6? Gideon is like hiding out, hiding in a wine press, like scared. And the angel of the Lord shows up and says, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. And you're going to deliver my people. Abram's like, um, angel of the Lord, like, I know you're probably really prophetic. And you probably just came from a great worship service in heaven. But 
I think you might have got a little excited because I don't know if you realize this or not, but I'm the least of my family. My, my family's the least of the tribes of Israel. God's like, I don't care about any of that. I don't care what your circumstances, experience, or even your own opinion about yourself says. I say you're a mighty man of valor and you're going to deliver the people of Israel. And God loves to call us who we are before we are. And when we call each other who we are before we are, what we do is we call each other into our destiny where we get to step into it by faith. But the bones didn't come together until Ezekiel started to prophesy. So we need to give God something to work with. By the way, we can do this over ourselves just as much as we can do it over other people. We need to be a people that prophesy over ourselves. You guys know who Joyce Meyer is? You know before, you know, she's like international conference speakers, written probably 10,000 books. That's an exaggeration. But you know before she wrote one book, she used to walk around her house saying, I'm an author. I write books. I receive speaking invitations on a daily basis because she, she believed that was the destiny inside of her and she began to declare it. And as she began to declare it, she began to see it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not enough for us to just think and believe the word of God. We need to speak the word of God. Remember when the devil showed up to Jesus when he was being tempted in the wilderness? And the devil's twisting scripture and he's like, doesn't the scripture say this? And Jesus is like, yeah, but the scripture says blah, 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 blah. Jesus didn't think, him, think his way out of the wilderness. He spoke his way out of the wilderness. And you and I need to do the same thing. What if every morning or every day we were intentional about speaking truth over our own lives? What if we just woke up in the morning being like, Chuck, you're a man of God. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're going to have an amazing day. Somebody's going to encounter Jesus today. I'm telling you, there is power in declarations. One of my mentors, Steve Backlund, has a, a tally, a little like clicker. And he did this experiment where he's like, I'm going to make 400 declarations a day. And he counted them. So I'd be like, just spending time with them. He'd be like, Chuck, it's going to be an amazing day today. Click. <laughs> he's like, people are going to encounter Jesus. Click. He would, he would meet people, be like, he's like, you know what? This is going to be your best year yet. Click. And he did this experiment and invited a whole bunch of people that followed his ministry to this experiment where they made 400 declarations a day. And the testimonies that started coming in of breakthrough, of things happening, I'm telling you, this isn't just a power of positive thinking. There is power in the word of God. You might be like, well, I don't have a prophetic word to speak over my life. Well, give yourself a word. What do you want to see manifest in your life? See, God gives us the desires of our heart. You want to start people see, seeing people healed? Start declaring, when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. If you want to, if you want to uh, lead people to Jesus, start declaring, everywhere I go, people have encounters with the Lord. And I preach, I share the power of God, and I share the gospel of Jesus Christ with power, and people give their life to Jesus. Right? When you declare those things and start to it, you start to, you start to see it manifest around you. And we need to understand the power of encouraging ourselves in the Lord through the prophetic. I had a pastor years ago in Canada who 
you know, really understood the power of encouraging himself in the Lord. And this is back when we actually had landlines, you know, where we didn't just have cell phones. And he would, uh, he'd be in his church office and, he, and he'd be maybe feeling a little bit discouraged. He needed to be encouraged. So he's like, I need to encourage myself. So what he would do is he would call his home phone and leave himself a voicemail. He'd call his home phone. The answering machine would pick up. And he'd be like, hi, Pastor Steve. This is Pastor Steve calling. <laughs> I've been thinking about you. <laughs> Just want you to know that you're a man of God. You're a great husband. You're a great father. Your church loves you. Your church is advancing. God's moving in your city. And he would begin to encourage himself and then shift into prophesying over himself. It's going to be a great year. God's doing great things. People are going to be saved. And he, started, and he would go home and he would listen to the message and just get encouraged. <laughs> I'm telling you, it sounds funny, but there is power in prophetic encouragement. We need to do it with each other. We need to do it over ourselves. And let me just say this. We need to do it everywhere we go. The prophetic works just as well outside of the church as it does inside the church. It really does. And I remember I was, uh, I was in um, the Department of uh, Motor Vehicle in Redding, California when I was living there. And I'm sitting there, and I'm in a little waiting room, and... I have my laptop, and I'm working on something, and there's, like, uh, some people kind of sitting over here, a few over here, and as, um, as I'm working on something on my laptop, I felt like God gave me a word of knowledge for healing. Um, I felt like God said somebody had an injured wrist that he wanted to heal. So the lady over on this side of the room, I said, excuse me, ma'am, uh, do you have pain in your wrist? And she goes, no. Why? And I said, well, sometimes God shows me when somebody has pain because he wants to heal them, and I thought, you might have pain, so... That's okay. And then I just kind of went across the room. I said, do you have pain in your wrist? This person said, no. I'm like, okay. Lady over on this side, I said, do you have pain in your wrist? And she goes, she was kind of like embarrassed. She goes, yeah. I go, I feel like God wants to heal you. So I'm just sitting there. And I, and I didn't like want to freak her out or anything. So I just said, can you do me a favor? Can you just put your other hand on your wrist that's sore? So she did it. And I just said, God, I just release healing into her wrist right now in Jesus' name. I take authority over that pain. Amen. I said, move it around. How's it feel? And she moves it. She goes, it feels good. I go, that's amazing. God just healed you. I said, God really loves you. And then I shifted and just began to release words of the prophetic over her. I said, you know what? I feel like the Lord wants you to know that, I don't know if you're a mother, if you want to have kids someday, but if you want to have kids someday, I feel like God's saying that you're going to be a great mom. And, and not only that, but I feel like you're a really loyal friend, and your friends actually talk about you, and they talk about how good of a friend you are. Like, that's a real gift that God's given you. And I'm just releasing words of life over her. I'm calling the gold out in her, and I could just see her relax. I could see her countenance change. And I said, I just want to bless you with that in Jesus' name. She goes, thank you so much. So then I just go back to my laptop, and this awkward silence fills the room. <laughs> and then, like, a few seconds went by. And the lady over on this side, I'm not even kidding, raises her hand. And she goes, excuse me. And I go, yeah. She goes, do you have one of those for me? And I go, I totally have one of those for you. But here's the deal. God didn't say, Chuck, I also have a word for the girl on your right. I just know that he's always speaking. Right? Jesus said, 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It didn't say proceeded. It says proceeds. God's still speaking. He is the word of God. And it's just up to us to lean into his heart and say, God, what are you saying for this individual right now? So I just said a quiet prayer. I'm like, God, how do you want to encourage her? So I began to prophesy over her. I began to encourage her. And I shifted the atmosphere in the waiting room of the Department of Motor Vehicle that could probably go down on the books for the most boring place on planet Earth (laughs) to heaven invading Earth through personal, just prophetic words of encouragement over people. And we can do this everywhere we go. I was at the gym one day, and I was, uh, I was leaving the gym, and I was going down the flight of stairs. As I was going down the flight of stairs, this lady walked past me, and I just felt this quick prompting where the Lord said, go, go talk to her. Give her a word. I wasn't even sure what I was going to say. The Bible says, open your mouth, and I will fill it. So I just turned around, and, and I just walked up to her, and I said, excuse me, ma'am. She said, yeah. I said, uh, I'm a Christian, and sometimes God speaks to me. And gives me words of encouragement for people. And I feel like I have one for you. Is it okay if I share it with you? When I say that, I'm telling you nine times out of ten, if not more, they're like, sure. Because like, who doesn't want to be encouraged? And, and she, goes, she goes, sure. And I said, I just feel like there's a gift of wisdom inside of you. And even a spirit of counsel. People love to come to you and talk about the problems that they're going through. Because there's actually a gift of counsel in your life. As I'm sharing this, she begins to laugh. And she goes... I'm actually a counselor. (laughs) And I go, that's amazing. It sounds like God's just letting you know that you're on the right track. No, I didn't lead her to Jesus. I didn't ask her if she was a Christian. I just felt like I was supposed to sow a seed. But I guarantee, whether she knows the Lord yet or not, she left that encounter feeling seen by God, known by God, believing that she's on the right track. See, here's the deal. Sometimes we think if if we're ministering to someone in public, we just need to lead them to Jesus right there. And that's amazing if you can do that. And if you feel a grace for that and, and you feel like they're ready for that. And, or we think that we just need to tell people right away, you're living in sin. Let me just say this. Most people know that they have issues. And they don't need us to come confirm that they have sin in their life. But what about being a people of God that represent Jesus so well that we find people that might not, who, who I like to call might be pre-believers or pre-Christians, what about just finding them and calling the gold out of them where they may have never had a father that has ever spoken encouragement into their life, where we can call gold out in them and allow the kindness of God to lead them to repentance? Letting them know that they have a good father who has good things to say to them. And, and I really believe that there's power on that in just, in just letting people know that they're seen by God, known by God, loved by God. And I'm telling you, whether people are 7 or 70, they want to be encouraged. I heard one story about this. I think she was like 7 or 9, uh, getting ready to have a birthday party. And she said, Mom, I don't want to have a clown at my birthday party this year. I want to do something different. She goes, okay. Her mom goes, okay, what do you want to do? She said, I want a prophetic team to come to my party and give a personal prophetic word over all of my friends who come to my birthday party. Some of the most prophetic people I've ever met are like 7 years old. There's no junior Holy Spirit. He wants to speak through every single one of us. And God is demystifying this thing called the prophetic where we understand that we can all hear God's voice and speak it for the purpose of encouragement, edification, and comfort to the people that we're talking to. And I'm telling you, if we will develop a lifestyle of doing that, God will start to use our words to unlock destinies, 
to see regions and I believe nations step into their destiny. Cities transformed. Revival and awakening breaking out. When we start to be intentional with our words and allow our words to create worlds. Is this helping anybody? All right, just put your hand on your heart. Father, I just thank you for every person that's here. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you would just release a a fresh prophetic anointing, a fresh prophetic spirit all over this room right now. Father, I'm asking for prophetic mantles to be imparted. I ask God, even as Paul said in Romans, he said, I long to be with you that I may impart to you a spiritual gift that you might be established. Father, anything that you've put on my life, I impart to this group right now to move in the supernatural power of prophecy, God. That you would release visions, you would release words of knowledge, you would release impressions, you would bring scriptures to people's minds, you would bring pictures to people's minds for the sake of prophetic encouragement to call the gold out of people everywhere we go, to unlock destinies, to unlock the destiny over people, over regions, and over nations. So I just pray that you would release that now in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's any fear or, or just uh, intimidation to move in the prophetic, I just break that off right now in the name of Jesus. And I say, I break off just the, the, the feeling like unless I'm 100% accurate, I can't speak the word of the Lord. No, I just release the freedom to step out in faith, to take risks as we're all growing and learning and we're all prophesying in part. I just pray that you'd release a grace and ease, a comfort and a joy all over this room right now in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, let's do this. Let's just make some declarations over ourselves. Can we do this? Come on, let's practice. Everybody say, I'm a child of God who hears God's voice. God speaks through me for those around me. I prophesy over people every day. I speak life to dry bones. I call people who they are before they are. Now say this over yourself. My most significant days are ahead of me. It's not too late. I'm going from glory to glory, from strength to strength. I'm growing in intimacy with God. I'm growing in love for people. My family is blessed. My finances are blessed. God is giving me fresh ideas to create wealth. I am generous with my time and resources. Everywhere I go, people encounter Jesus. Now say this, say Garland, you are in revival. Churches in Garland are being awakened. Businesses are prospering. Poverty is being eradicated. People are getting freed from addictions. The churches are coming together in unity. Souls are coming into the kingdom of God. Everybody say, Garland, your most significant days are ahead of you. Come on, let's just thank Jesus this morning. Father, we love you. We worship you. We bless this church. We bless this city. We bless everybody that's visiting this morning. And we just thank you that we're going to a new level in the prophetic anointing and a prophetic grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.